if I have no plan going into something, it creates a lot of anxiety and unproductive restlessness and pacing. (laughs) This is Heart of the Story, and I'm Nadine Kenny Johnstone. I'm an author and a holistic writing coach who talks with today's top women writers about how to navigate life when things don't go according to plan. These impactful conversations and personal reflections invite you to be seen, feel supported, and ultimately fall back in love with yourself. So let's go together to that honest, powerful place, the heart of the story. Hi, friends. I've missed you. It's only been a few weeks, but it feels like it's been a long, long time. And if you've been listening for a little while, you know that last year I started what is now an annual tradition of going on a workcation at the beginning of January. A workcation is really a solo retreat to focus on my work and really my wellness also. And this was the second annual solo retreat at the beginning of January that I've taken. Uh, Over the years, I've taken a lot of solo retreats at various retreat centers or just getting away for a night or two somewhere or stealing away at a coffee shop for a day to just focus and get clarity. But this is a little bit different in that this is truly a tradition I'm trying to establish at the beginning of every new year to focus on my work. And I really do plan on doing this for as many Januaries as I can because I find it so fruitful. And so I wanted to talk with you today about how my workation solo retreat was this year and also talk about how you can take your own solo retreat and or workation for yourself, not only at the beginning of a year, but truly any time of the year, why it's so beneficial, what the crucial steps are I'm learning now that this is my second one and hopefully one of many mistakes I've made in the past and what I'm learning is the most beneficial way to approach this and what I got out of my workation this year year. So I'm going to be sharing all the goodies in this episode. So if you're someone who is no stranger to solo time away, great. You will be a comrade in this, but if you are new to taking time away by yourself and have needed a nudge or some quote-unquote permission to do so, this is your nudge. Um, I remember last year after I did an episode about my 2023 workation, I got many, many messages from listeners who were going to take their own variation of their workation to work on creative projects, work on their entrepreneurial projects, work on things that aren't even really considered work, but that just need 
clear focus, things that need your full attention. And that could be a whole host of things. So maybe you are planning out something really important in the upcoming year in relation to a change you're making in your health, in your behaviors, in your family relationship sphere, in where you're living. Maybe you've got a move coming up and you want to plan accordingly. Maybe you want to do something big this year, go on a hike, try something new, and you just need time and focus. Maybe you have had a doozy of a year or last few years and you need to fully focus on yourself and recalibrating and filling up your well again and you need to focus on you no matter what you need to focus on a solo retreat truly is the best medicine that I have found so let's dive into the best tips and tricks first and foremost why do we do these solo retreats for me it's twofold one it's a pattern interrupter and a new pattern establisher meaning that we want to interrupt the habits that have just become mindless and rote and We want to assess them and see what's actually working for us and what's not. And then we want to stop the habits that are no longer serving us and start new habits that might serve us better and or prioritize habits that are really beneficial. That's the first part of it. And I truly can't do this sort of assessment unless I have quiet, solitary time to reflect and assess and that's what a solo retreat provides and then secondly I always say that retreats are vital because we always find that when we go on retreat we remember ourselves and we fall back in love with ourselves because we realize that we have been missing ourselves deeply and desperately when you feel a void or a longing that's unnameable and it just feels like a hole in the soul for me anyway it's typically because I've been missing myself I've been so busy so wrapped up in other things and other people and other responsibilities that I haven't spent time with my beloved self and I've missed her deeply I've missed her company I've forgotten kind of who she even is what she likes what she prefers what she wants to do (laughs) not what the schedule dictates so solo retreats are a reunion with the self right so that is why I love them and cherish them for me what I started last year in January 2023 was the decision that I was going to go away for roughly four to five days at the beginning of every January. That was the goal that I set last year. And it just kind of came out of the fact that last year 
We visited both sides of our family. So we went from Florida to North Carolina to Chicago. Flights got canceled. We had a huge trek back home, planes, trains, automobiles, all the things. And while it was lovely visiting both sides of the family, we came back home exhausted, spent, not ourselves. And I knew right away that I needed my own time to even hear my own thoughts. I remember just feeling like uh, this January 1st energy that everybody is spouting of like new year, new you just felt first of all, like BS. But second of all, I felt so in recovery from the whiplash of all the traveling and the unexpected things that happen that I couldn't even get my grounding, let alone try to welcome a new year intentionally. So I wanted to just get grounded again. So I, last year, I went to Fairhope, Alabama, uh, which is about two and a half hours from where we live. And I had been there once before, so I was kind of familiar with it, a very quaint bayside town, very, very welcoming, charming, small town. And I chose it for a few reasons that I'll get into in a second. But I found a bed and breakfast that I really, really love. It's called Jubilee Sweets. And so this year, when I decided on the fact that I was going to go through with this tradition and really keep to it and plan my second annual retreat, I was going to do it in the exact same place. So this year, January 2024, I decided to go back to Fairhope. I decided to go back to the Jubilee Suites. And I decided on the timing to be during the last couple days of my son's winter break and the couple of first days of his school year. So I planned a stretch of about four days. Two of them I knew that my husband could just kind of take over childcare, and then the other two that he would be in school and I asked for the help of a friend to pick him up after school while Jamie was working so that all of the childcare could be covered. I knew I wanted to do it at the beginning of January before a lot of my workshops got underway and when I still was in sort of hibernation gestation phase where my calendar was relatively clear. So now let's think about this for you though. Those are the reasons why I chose what I chose, but let's get into how this applies to your planning. When you go on a solo retreat like this, where your intention is to focus specifically on some kind of project that is creative or work-related or soul-related and it requires your deep focus, I highly recommend some element of familiarity because I don't know about you, but if I go somewhere new and exciting, I just want to walk around and sightsee and do all the things there are to do in that town and treat it more like an actual adventure um, exploration vacation rather than a workcation. So that's the key delineation of 
what do you want your focus to be on? And if you're really wanting to focus on a quote unquote project, then you might want to choose a place that's familiar enough to you that you're not going to be tempted to do all the fun sightseeing things. So one is about choosing the place that might be familiar Also choosing a place that is the right amount of time away, like driving distance or flying distance. I personally like to choose somewhere that is within a three to max four hour drive away so that I have time in my car to listen to an audiobook, but I'm not so spent by the travel that by the time I arrive at the place I need to recover from the travel of getting there. I also don't want the stress of flights and possible delays or cancellations and dealing with the weather and how that affects the flights and all of that. For this sort of workation, I want the least amount of stress as possible and the least amount of unexpected circumstances as possible. What I'm really getting at is that I want to save my mental and emotional energy for the thing that I'm focusing on, not just the getting to the place, right? So I choose somewhere familiar. I choose somewhere that's within a short-ish drive. And then in terms of time of the year, as I mentioned briefly, I like to choose a time where My calendar doesn't have a ton of workshops on it and coaching on it and that I know that my being gone isn't going to put everybody else in deep stress in my family. So that's why I like this sort of around like January 2nd, I think, through 5th, sometime around there. And I did it around the same time last year too. And that was a sweet spot for me. So in terms of your timing, you might want to think about what you can realistically block off. And I have done these sort of like mini workations where I just spend a day at a coffee shop. So it doesn't need to be financially burdensome either. The other reason why I choose that timing is that it's off season where I'm going which means a couple of things. One, it's not laden with tourists, so it's not crowded and overwhelmed. Two, in the off season, you can tend to get better deals on anywhere that you're staying. So again, it doesn't have to be as financially burdensome. Okay, so lots to take into consideration when you're planning. And that comes to the major, really first step in all of this is the plan is deciding and planning your trip because the more that you upfront know and share with your people that this is an intention, the more likely it will actually be to happen and that it won't be a shock or stress on you and everyone else and you won't feel scrambly. So for me last year, it was a sort of spontaneous thing where when we got back, I turned to my husband and I said, I need to get away for a few days. I can't hear my own thoughts. I need to get away. And luckily, 
there was a good circumstance that we could do that. And he didn't have a ton of work responsibilities for those couple of days that needed attending because most people were still on holiday break. So the more you plan ahead and decide and already mark it off in your calendar, the better and more likely it is that you will actually do it. So I've had this idea in mind for the whole last year since I did it the first time. I knew I was going to do something like this during this time of the year. And so I made sure I didn't have too many responsibilities on the calendar. The other thing that I kept in mind in terms of where I was actually staying was that I like staying at a bed and breakfast and I like staying somewhere where I actually don't mind being in the room or the suite or what have you for multiple hours. Here's what I mean. I'm not a hotel room person. I feel lonely and claustrophobic in a typical hotel. It feels very sterile. I feel, I don't know, I just feel weird, you know. Oftentimes a hotel room is like, where someone might sleep when they're just on a vacation or doing a conference or something like that. For this workation, I know that I'm going to be spending many hours in the space and it has to be a welcoming space, a homey space, a, a space I actually like spending time in. That's why I really am so grateful that I stumbled upon Jubilee Suites last year because it's a bed and breakfast that is a beautiful home right on the water in Fairhope. And it has a lot of things going for it. One was that my suite had a water view, which is stunning. They get beautiful sunsets. Two, each suite is in fact a suite. So you don't feel like you're in a sterile hotel room. So my particular one had a bedroom, bathroom, obviously, a kitchenette, and a whole living room space and a balcony. And so it felt like an apartment a little apartment that felt cozy and welcoming and had all the things that I needed to spend many hours in there so that it wasn't a place where I felt like, Ugh, I don't want to be here. I also like bed and breakfast because when I am traveling solo, I like for someone to know kind of my whereabouts. So I like talking to the owners who are so sweet, Dana and Jim, and and they know like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, coming back to the place tonight. They invited me out to dinner one night. It was so sweet that they put out the invitation. They know I'm going to be at breakfast every morning, and it just feels like I'm not just a solitary soul floating about in some town somewhere, but I'm actually somewhere where people know my name. And that brings up the last thing, which is that I love that the place serves breakfast because then it's one less decision that I need to make and one less errand or, or task of where am I going to get food? Where am I going to get healthy food? I know that when I wake up in the morning, I can go for a walk or jog, move my body, and that there's going to be a lovely, warm, healthy, nourishing meal waiting for me, which is a huge plus. So choose a place that suits your needs. I also don't want to be in party town USA. You know, I know that on these workations, I'm going to be getting good sleep and going to bed early. 
I don't want to be in a place that has a, a big like party vibe or anything like that. So choose the place that best suits your needs and intentions, which leads me to the next one, which is what's your intention? Setting the intention and the plan before you go is key. Here's what I mean. You know you're going to do this trip and then you find the dates and the place and you book it. But then what? What happens after that? I highly recommend not just showing up, but using a little bit of time in the lead up to the trip to actually intentionally plan out your desires. I knew going into it this year that I wanted to spend at least one whole day on my wellness. I wanted to listen to an audiobook I've been holding on to for a while, waiting for the best occasion where I could listen to it uninterrupted, especially given that it was about mindfulness. I wanted to journal a bunch. I wanted to meditate. I had a lot of goals for the first day of the workation that were focused not on work actually, but on self-work, which is my wellness. Then I knew that the next two days after that, I wanted to focus on my actual work. And I wanted to spend one day catching up on everything unfinished from 2023. And then I wanted to spend the third day focusing on the year ahead and what was to come. And then the last day I knew I would be just kind of having one last morning to myself and then driving back home and reintegrating into regular life. So with those intentions in mind, I stocked up my resources. And this is a key part of your planning. What do you want to listen to, read watch, etc. get together your list. So it might be putting together a super fun, funky playlist on Spotify that's going to be part of your drive. It might be stocking up on good audiobooks. I have the apps Hoopla and Libby, which are free library resources that give you audiobooks, podcasts, creating a list of podcast episodes you want to listen to that you are super excited about books, right? What books do you want to read? Anything. What is going to be the looking forward to resource list? So I personally gathered a bunch of things that I've been wanting to give my time and attention to and haven't been able to. I wanted to listen to that audiobook on mindfulness. I wanted to catch up on Elizabeth Gilbert's substack, Letters from Love, which I can't recommend highly enough. Shauna Nequist Substack, Sarah Blondin Substack, all my favorite people. I wanted to catch up on theirs and I kind of purposely skipped a week or two during the holidays and didn't read them and listen to them so that I could have these treats for my workation. Saved up on some podcast episodes I wanted to listen to and a book I wanted to read. This created a loose plan for my time. I believe in planned spontaneity for my type of personality. If I have no plan going into something, it creates a lot of anxiety and unproductive restlessness and pacing. <laughs> I need a loose enough plan that I could follow, that I have a structure, and then I feel free. 
It's, that's the odd part about it. I go into these solo retreats really thinking about how I can lessen my decision fatigue so that I can save all of my energy for the project and the focus at hand. That means the more decisions that I make pre-trip, the better. I still leave myself these spots, these hours of, okay, that's going to be your quote-unquote free time. And it's wonderful, but I need a loose enough plan to do what I need to do and feel not anxious going into it. I also decide what I'm not going to do during my trip. So I know that I'm not going to be checking new email. Maybe one of my tasks is catching up on old email, but I'm not going to be just spending all my days reacting to every new email that comes in. So putting an out of the office message up is key. I know that I'm not going to be talking that much to family and friends unless some time opens up. So I warn my people ahead of time that I'll give a text to say that I'm there all is well. I am safe and I'll I'll say I love you each night, but they're not going to hear from me. And that's intentional and on purpose. So deciding what you're not going to do ahead of time is really, really key. I also try to tell myself, let's not go down the rabbit hole. Let's not waste away the hours internet searching. And let's definitely not be on social media. No, 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 no. (laughs) Right? So decide what you don't want to do. And then Pack up anything that will aid in your trip being wonderful. Because I drive to mine, I'm able to bring some of my favorite things from home. I brought my cozy slippers. I brought my heating blanket because we were going to get a cold spell. I knew that I wanted to make my lounging time as warm and cozy and homey as possible. And I also pack snacks and little things and my daily like kind of drinks that I'm used to like my chaga in the morning I pack it all so that again I'm not spinning my wheels like oh where do I get some snacks I'm starving and now I have to leave this beautiful space and interrupt my flow state in order to go feed myself I try to have as many snacks and things on hand as possible and so how did it go How did it go? And what happens when you actually get there, when you arrive? Well, the first day focusing on wellness, I'll talk about it in future episodes, but we recently moved just two blocks away. We knew when we moved to Florida that our furnished rental was going to be a temporary space until we found an actual home. And we thought we would be in that furnished rental for three months. We ended up in there for almost 18, 19 months. (laughs) And then we found a home two blocks away to finally move into, to finally get our stuff out of storage. And so I've been in moving mode, which you know is stressful. And we have moved more than I would ever, ever have thought we would have moved in my life. We've moved quite a bit. And each time it is incredibly stressful and for me, very anxiety provoking 
and comes with a whole host of mental and emotional stress. And so I've been really focused on getting my nervous system re-regulated and calmed again. And I'm talking about it lightly, but it is no light thing. It really is when we are not regulated and our nervous system is going haywire, it wreaks havoc on everything. Our bodies, our brains, our hearts, our relationships, ourselves. And I certainly can't be in like focus mode when cortisol and adrenaline are just streaming through my body. So first day was leaving home by 10 a.m. And I drove and listened to an audiobook on mindfulness that I tried to listen to in fits and starts. And then each time I couldn't remember what I had listened to before. So I started fresh and spent the two and a half hour drive listening to that. And it was really, really thought provoking and set the tone for what was ahead. When I arrived in the town, it wasn't yet time for check-in and that was on purpose. I knew I was headed right to my favorite coffee shop, which is called Provision. And I love it because they have meals that are great. The atmosphere is awesome. You can always find a table or a cozy seat. It's very light filled and they make amazing drinks. And since I don't drink caffeine, it's usually really hard for me to find something, but they have hands down the best golden milk latte I've ever had. <laughs> so I went to the counter and I ordered my lunch and I ordered my drink and they said for here to go. And I usually get things to go because I'm a little squirrel and I kind of graze throughout the day. So I like things in a container, but I said decidedly for here for here because that was the kind of attitude that I wanted to have for the entire retreat was a for here attitude meaning I'm present I'm not in rush mode I'm not to going everything I am going to relish in these smells and tastes I am going to eat my food off of real plates and drink my drink out of a real mug because I'm worthy and deserving of really cherishing this moment and this meal and slowing down. And I wrote about this in a recent newsletter. If, if you're not part of my newsletter community, you can head to my website, nadinekennyjohnstone.com, and at the very bottom, you'll see a sign up. But this four here attitude really set the tone for the entire time. So I sat down and got this beautiful golden milk drink. Of course, the barista like did all the foam and the fancy design and the foam and the mug was so adorable. And just wrapping my hands around the mug and smelling and looking at the beautiful golden colors of it, it was a sensory rich experience that was one of the highlight delights of my entire time there because I was slowing down enough to notice it and to honor it and cherish it. These are the moments. These are the things that give me deep peace and gratitude. And I was here for it. I wasn't missing it. I wasn't like, go, 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 rush, 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 one thing to the next. I was in it. I sat down and I ate really slowly. I really enjoyed my little drink 
and I journaled. I, I listened to a bunch of the letters from love from Elizabeth Gilbert and then did the prompts that she gave and had a lot of other reflective questions that I'd been saving up, which helped me look back at 2023. I looked through the photos on my phone from each month to see what brought me joy and then noticed what didn't. And I made a what worked and what didn't work list in my journal. And I know Sarah Avant Stover talks about this and so does Tim Ferriss, but another level to that exercise is that if you write down your highlights and lowlights of the previous year, and then you take your top like 20% that give you repeatedly reliable highs and have also generated reliable lows, you take those 20% and you look at them and you go, okay, for the highs, how do I do much more of this in the next year? Because it always is a reliable highlight. And then your lows, you go, how do I lessen or eliminate this? Because it repeatedly does not bring me joy. So we did a lot of deep introspective work And I also did a couple of other things that are really important, which is that I was really thinking about my support system and support team for 2024. So I have a new naturopath, meaning a functional medicine doctor I've been seeing to give really good supplements. I um, have done a slew of very interesting test. Again, I'll talk about this in a future episode, but you know, blood work, stool test, the whole nine yards and have found that I need deep gut repair and some other things. And I wanted to take calming supplements that herbs that would help support the calming of my nervous system. So I was making sure to be in a diligent habit about taking my supplements eating very nourishing meals and this had nothing to do with diet or deprivation it's actually the opposite it's adding more more vegetables more fiber more of the uh, you know I get into a routine of just eating the same thing every day and that hasn't been great on my gut despite that mostly what I eat is healthy I'm missing out on a lot of different nutrients so adding more nutritious things to my plate And then gathering my support team, I was looking into a specific therapist that could help with anxiety that I could add to my team. And this is proactive work. I have a good care and support team around me of, as I said, functional medicine doctor, a holistic practitioner, and Baker I've been seeing for years, who's amazing. But I also felt that I needed another person on my support team that could help me specifically. And so if we don't take time to do this, it's not going to get done. And that was one of the tasks on my plan for the day was treat myself well and also think about who and what is going to be a part of my support team and plan for the year ahead so that I am trying to maintain a very calm, healthy nervous system throughout the next year so that I can do the best work for me writers in my community, the people in my community, my family, my loved ones. The next biggest thing was about how to really make myself feel loved 
I wanted to be in my PJs every night by around like 637 at the latest, snuggled up in bed reading. I wanted to be in absolute silence. Silence. Oh my gosh, silence. I cannot tell you as someone who gets very inundated by sensory things, how much I was craving silence. I did not want a TV. I did not want any music. And while I love that when I'm at home, Jamie is like a musical expert. He plays all the best tunes and we're always like dancing around in the kitchen. Gio and I are dancing. Jamie's singing and whistling to the music. You know, if you're part of a family and we have two dogs too, there's always noise. There's always, always noise. I didn't want any noise. (laughs) wanted quiet. (laughs) That was another highlight. Quiet, snuggled, warm, heating blanket, reading time in absolute silence at the end of each night. And it was a true delight. So what are the ways you're going to treat yourself, even the very simplest? And what are you going to eliminate from your input, the way I wanted to eliminate noise from mine, that will help calm you and still you so that you can actually hear yourself and know yourself more deeply. And then for the remaining two days, I really focused on my work. The next day was sort of like a catch up on all things 2023 that the threads were still dangling or things I had really wanted to do, that person I really wanted to reach out to, or someone I needed to follow up with. It was a big day of following up. I did all of that in the one day that was really work focused. I looked back, I saw, oh, who have I pitched to speak at their conference, be on their podcast, have them on my podcast, teach a workshop for blah, blah, blah. What are the things I need to follow up on because the follow-up is key. That's how any number of the opportunities I've gotten have been via follow-up, the diligence of the follow-up. And oh yeah, I forgot I had this goal in 2023. I looked back at my planner from last year and I was like, oh, I really wanted to do that and I totally forgot about that. It went to the wayside. So it was a catching up, getting closure on 2023 things celebrating the milestones and accomplishments from 2023 and following up on anything that was still open-ended. And then I have these little treats at the end of the day where it's like, okay, if I do all those things, what can I look forward to? And on that day, I had saved up a podcast. Shauna Nequist was on Living Centered's podcast, and I really wanted to listen to that. I wanted to go for a walk and stretch my legs after sitting all day at the coffee shop and doing this work. And I wanted to go to the library. Fairhope has an incredible library. And so that was my treat after I got all my work done. And then what do you know? I was back in my lovely little suite at Jubilee Suites and in my PJs as the last golden light of the sunset. I was kind of fizzling from the sky. I was looking out at it and I was eating a really, really yummy meal. That night was all about warmth and nourishment. There was this dish that I got last year that was like this 
crab and rice dish that I just loved from this place called Pearl. So I got it again and it's really warm. And I made sure as soon as I got it to bring it back to my suite and put my heating blanket on. And it was just like warmth and coziness and looking at the sunset and treating myself like the beloved that I am truly practicing treating myself the way that I treat other people. And that was key. And then finally, the last day, I taught a workshop in the morning that had been on the calendar for a long time, which I loved. And then after that, I focused on a brave day for 2024. I pitched people that I want to collaborate with in some fashion in 2024, people I want to teach workshops with, collaborate with, have on my podcast, be on their podcast, places I want to speak at. I did a bunch of brave day pitching that day. I've talked about brave days quite a bit before on this podcast in previous episodes too. I'll link in the show notes, but it was a brave day. And my treat that night was going to a really wonderful hot yoga class. And I, I usually don't do that at night. I'm a morning workout person, but it was that time of the month for me. And usually I have very, very excruciating cramps. And, you know, I typically pop an ibuprofen to help out and where my naturopath and I are trying to kind of do detox. And so she was stressing the benefit of sweat. And so I thought, okay, what if rather than the ibuprofen, I stretched it out in a hot yoga class instead and oh, it did the trick and it felt so good in my body to stretch and move and sweat and that was my treat for the night. And then back in my PJs, in my suite, watching the sunset and relishing. So how does this all pertain to you? When I was thinking about what I most cherished that I got out of my solo retreat, which was not long enough, let me tell you. It was the ability to cherish time with myself, to be in the present, to have deep gratitude for the very simple yet miraculous things like nourishing meals and warm drinks and a warm blanket and silence and stillness. It was reestablishing old habits that are helpful, like my meditation routine and habit that I was pretty good about until the holidays hit. And then, you know, all hell broke loose <laughs> with our move and then the holidays. So it was kind of looking at those old habits and patterns and thinking about which ones I wanted to reestablish and which new ones I wanted to bring in, like breath work, new ways of journaling, quiet time at nights. I've been asking my family lately, okay, can we just have right now in this stillness after dinner, can we not have a radio or we don't really watch TV that much during the weeknights, but like, can we not have a radio or TV on any noise in the background just for a little bit? So establishing new habits, that was a big part of it. Listening to myself, treating myself well, and really getting clear on my needs 
no compromising, no negotiations, no distractions, no interruptions. I had three and a half days of none of those things. No distracting things coming my way. No interruptions from something that needed to be done. No responsibility. So I could just be clear on what I needed, what I wanted, what I desired, what did I want to do and when. There's a writer called Nick Antoinette and she does solo retreats too. And she does what she calls squishy time. When she goes on solo retreat, she covers all the clocks and takes off her watch so that she can just follow the rhythms of her body. Uh, am I actually hungry right now? Or, you know, typically we look at a clock and it's like, oh, noon, lunchtime. But by covering the clock, it's listening to our body. Do I actually want to eat now? Am I hungry now? What do I want to do now? Do I want to sleep in? Do I not want to? And so for me, the being away is getting back in touch with my needs, my wants, my desires so that I could get clear. It also set me up for my hopes for the coming year but you know I'm always a bit hesitant about that in terms of resolution type feelings you know we could have the best of intentions but life is like ha (laughs) so I, I hold my intentions loosely but I do think about what I deeply need on the soul level for my wellness, my work, my writing, my family, my relationships, my peace. And I try to prioritize it. So it's beyond intention. It's a true prioritizing. And I I think, what can I actually do right now today to prioritize? Who can I call? Who can I email? Who can I text? What can I set up? What can I put in my calendar to really boundaried, like protect my time and my energy so that my needs and my top desires are adhered to throughout the year. All right, friends. So that was my time in Fairhope. And I could say a million other things about it. But I also want to say this final thing. Going on a solo retreat doesn't mean that you will magically get clear on all areas of your life. So I want to, you know, be real upfront and honest about the fact that I didn't leave and go, aha, I have everything figured out. I didn't leave and go, oh, okay, everything that I've been unsure about, I now have an absolute clear plan. No. No, no. So don't feel bad if you, you're like, oh, I'm still in an unsure place. I'm still in a funk. I'm still, that's normal. That's normal. So let's lessen the pressure of that and think of these vacations really more as a time of deep focus and reconnection with yourself without over expectations on the outcome. So the plan is there, but it's loose. You're not pushing yourself through the ringer to try to have supernatural, superhuman expectations of yourself. So let's keep that in mind too. While it is wonderful and beneficial, let's not go into these times expecting miracles and unrealistic outcomes. All right, my friends, 
I hope, I hope that you'll see the benefit in just reconnecting with yourself, that first and foremost, and that you will plan a little solo time for yourself, whatever that looks like. I want to know what you're doing, where you might be going. Let me know. I'm over at Instagram at Nadine Kenny Johnstone. You can comment on the post about this episode. Let me know where you're doing solo time and what you're doing. And if you know of a friend who really needs a nudge to take some solo time, share this episode with her. Thank you as always to a friend that I love, Michelle Rado, who produces this podcast. And remember everyone, every heart has a story and every story has a heart. See you next week.